I have the privilege and the honor to uh, share in your series tonight, Transform to Righteousness. And um, let me just read some of the topic that I have here. Um, we've made, we, are made to, uh, become, we are made righteous because of Christ. Not anything that we've done, but we're made righteous through him and by him. It says our own righteousness is like filthy rags, but Christ seeks to transform our thinking and our action. How many know that we need our, brain, our brains to be cleansed? We need a washing of the brain. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, um, to Matthew chapter 5, verse number 17. Let me read a little bit here, and then I'll dive right into it. Just say amen when you get there. Okay, we're getting it. We're getting it. All right. So we see here in verse 17, beginning with verse 17, it says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or, uh, or the prophets. I have not come to abolish or destroy or get rid of. He says this in the next verse. He said, he said this, I, he said, For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Do you know that we serve a God of completion? He completes what he started. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches other accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Verse 21, you have heard that it, it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. Anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Listen to what verse 24 says. It says, leave your gift there in front of the altar. Then it says, first, go and reconcile to them, then come offer your gift. Verse 25, it says, settle matters quickly. Your adversary who is taking you to court, do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Let me just stop there, and let me go back here. So Jesus didn't come to, he came to fulfill the law, he didn't come to destroy it, but he came to complete it. Everybody say complete. He came to complete it. And tonight, 
I want to talk to you about transforming to righteousness. That word transform is this. It's to change the outward form or appearance of, to change into character or condition or convert. Convert. Did you know once you got saved, we were converted? Amen. We began to be those converted people. We were changed. We were rearranged. We need to be transformed. Did you know that? You can't serve God without being transformed. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, your change doesn't start in your outwards, but it starts in your inwards. It starts in your brain. See, a lot of us have stinking thinking. Can you say amen? You guys know what I'm talking about. We had foolish thinking. We had ways of looking at things all the wrong way. It was way contrary to what the Word of God says that we should think, right? The Word of God says that we need to meditate on His Word. When? How often? Daily. Not just when we feel like it, but we're supposed to renew our minds daily. See, we need to allow our minds to be cleansed. We need to allow our minds to be cleansed by and through the Word of God. This is how our minds begin the cleaning process. This is how our minds begin to be transformed. See, the Word of God is able to transform if we want that transformation, if we allow it in and we allow it to take root in our hearts. See, let me give you an example here. Remember when uh, you were unsaved? Remember when your friends were living reckless? You were living reckless too. I was living reckless too. We joined in, right? We joined the party, right? You guys remember she's a brick house? You guys remember that, right? Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You guys remember more bounce to the ounce? You remember those things, right? You remember throwing your hands up in the air, right? You guys remember those things. We joined in that type of living because that was our type of crowd. That's what we like, we love to do. I ain't going to say like, we love to do that. Some people passed out and didn't even know where they were. Some people forgot what they did. But now that we're changed, now that we're saved, now that we're in our right mind, now that we're in our right mind, we no longer indulge in those things. We no longer accept those type of imitations, or we shouldn't accept those type of imitations. See, for me, it doesn't matter who that invitation comes from. It's either you're going to stand on the word of God or you're not. Have no time to be faking and shaking. See, now we live a saved, sanctified life for Christ. A saved, sanctified life for Christ. We should be living a life that's pleasing to our King. That's pleasing to our King. 
See, let me tell you something. Now that you're saved, now that you're sanctified, you know what? We'll be tested to see our, about uh, how our faith is. We'll be tested in a lot of areas. How much do you really love God? Do you, do you love God like you say you do? Will you stand for the principles and the morals of God? Will you stand when things get tough, when things get hard? Or will you cave in? See, we're called to be in the world, but we're not called to be of the world. We're called to be in the world, but not of the world. See, the world has a totally different agenda. We once operated in their agenda, but now we don't operate in their agenda, or we should not be operating in their agenda. See, the world should look at you and see a difference. They should see the new you, the new and improved you. They shouldn't see the same old you. They should see a new you. But to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, listen, if your mind changes, you will change. If your mind changes, you will change. See, when you sin, what do you do? Oh, God knows. He understands. No, if you sin, confess your sin and repent. Acknowledge your wrongdoings. Yeah, we know God knows, but you still have to repent. Call sin, sin. You know, and these guys in card games, they say call a spade a spade. Well, call sin what it is. Amen. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't sugarcoat it. Call it what it is. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Remember, you're saved now. You're supposed to be sanctified, and that's how you have to live. You have to live in truth. That means you have to tell the truth. See, when your mind changes, you change, but guess what? You're, you're different, and you're more, a more Christ-like person. You become a more Christ-like person when you allow the Word of God to change your mind. Then, and only then, will you be able to test and approve what God's will is for you. But you have to begin to change your mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 11. It says, just as the spirit of a man knows the man, Guess what? The Spirit of God is the only one to truly know God. See, with a renewed mind, we have the Spirit of God and the mind of Christ. We have the Spirit of God when we allow our minds to be renewed. I was reading this quote and it said this. It said, the Christian with a renewed mind will know how to walk through life with an understanding of the will of God and will be able to obey him. It's not a struggle. It's not hard. You're not fighting, but you'll understand that you need to live a life that's pleasing to God. You have no problem with obeying him. 
have no problem with obeying him. Why? Because your mind is renewed now. Knowing his good and pleasing and perfect will only happens and comes about when you have your mind renewed. Righteousness. God wants to transform us to righteousness because why? He has a purpose. Look at the person next to you and tell them God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for your life. You know that purpose is once you get saved, God wants to bring you and I closer to him. He wants to bring you, the man, closer to him. He wants to bring you, the young person, closer to him. He wants to bring you, the young lady. He wants to bring you closer to him. That's what he wants. But he has to transform us into righteousness. Because outside of righteousness, we're unright. We're not right. You've heard people say, you ain't right. You ain't right. We know that we're not right without Christ. But at the same time, we live as though we are right. Let the truth be told, we don't know how to live the right way without Christ. We don't know how to live the right way. If you do, give me your recipe, because I failed every single time. And I will fail if I don't live according to his will, and so will you. See, God wants to have fellowship, righteousness. It is meant to enhance your fellowship, my fellowship with the Almighty God. When we're transformed to righteousness, it also gives us the power and authority in righteousness. It gives us victory in battles. You might be going through a battle right now, but you need victory. The victory's in Jesus. The victory's in him. And guess what? The battle is not yours anyway. The battle is his. You know, there in San Pedro, I just got off a two-week uh, series regarding prayer. Regarding prayer, and I've always told my church is that you can't be a Christian without prayer. Seven days without prayer makes one week. You guys heard that song before, right? If you haven't, I just told you. I just gave you the title to it. Look it up. Seven days without prayer makes you weak. You have no power. But in prayer, there's power. When you pray, you have to pray for a purpose, for a reason. Prayer is so powerful, but yet we use it not enough. We don't use it often like we should. Did you know prayer is a weapon that, that's always at your disposal? You can use it any single, anytime you want. You don't have to wait in line. Just get on your knees. Just cry out, and he's there. I also told him that when we know how to pray and we don't practice it, what good is it? What good is you knowing how to pray and you don't practice it? You have to begin to practice what you learn. 
When you go to any school or any training, they're training you, and when they release you, you have to go out and apply what they've taught you, right? Same thing when you learn the Word of God. Learn to apply it. Learn to apply it. You know, the Word of God has answers to every situation that you might be going through right now. It has answers to every problem you might be facing right now. Did you know that? Oh, you don't hear me though, huh? I said it has answers to every problem that we might face. Every single problem. I don't care what it is. Sometimes we ju we're just too lazy to get in there and dig and look for it. Society has made us so lazy because now we can kick back on our lazy boys and just push the buttons. You know, I was just telling our church, uh, I believe this is on Mother's Day, I remember growing up and before we had remote controls, we had just a big block of tube TV there. And we had the dial, you had to walk up to it and turn it. So when you turn that TV to that channel, you better make sure that's the channel you want to watch. Because other than that, you or somebody's going to be getting up turning that TV. Right? That's where you had to get up, you had to exercise. Now we just sit back and we don't have to just keep, you know, using your finger. But I also told them that I remember when they had this makeshift remote control. It was this big wire that you put on a knob of your TV and you just turned it from back here. Remember that? And you didn't have very many channels. But you had to make sure that it was on the channel that you were going to watch. But society in itself has made us kind of relax. We want this easy, breezy Christianity while the devil is running havoc in our cities, in our families, in our schools. The devil's having his way. Us as people of God, we need to stand up, stand out. We need to be on our knees. We need to be praying in all of these areas. No such thing as easy, breezy Christianity, can I tell you. It's hard sometimes. You'll be tried. You'll be tested. But guess what? Be of good courage. Rejoice. Because victory is yours. Don't give up. Don't give in. Victory is yours. See, it gives us victory in the battle when we're transformed. But it also gives us a sense of the presence of God right there. He's right there with us. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be right there with you from beginning to the end. I'm there. See, Adam knew and he enjoyed fellowship with God before he fell. Adam knew what it was to fellowship with God till he fell. Why did he fall? Because of his unrighteousness. So that tells you and I even more that we need to be right before God. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 20, it says, I walk in the way of righteousness along the path of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and make, making their treasures full. Making their treasures full. See, we are made right, righteous because of Christ. We are only made righteous only 
because of Christ. See, the only way that people like us that were lost and dead in sin were made righteous before God is through faith in Jesus Christ. When they said, did you want to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? What did you say? Yes. He made you righteous. He made me righteous because we believe that Christ can make us right. See, when we believe the word of God, which tells us that Christ fulfills all righteousness, guess what? For us, and then was sacrifice for us to make us full atonement for all of our sins. He took upon every sin that we've ever committed. Can you, can you understand that? Everything that you and I did wrong, he took it upon himself. He was the atoning sacrifice for us. There was nothing that we could do to take away that, but Christ did. See, him taking upon our sins and being the atonement, what that qualified you and I for is to be justified. We were justified. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it tells us this. It says, therefore, since we have been made righteous, through his faithfulness, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace. You know, when you look at a, a baby, they're, they're sleeping peaceful, right? Think about us, you know, sometimes we, we're tossing, we're turning, but the baby's not, they're not worried about anything. The house could be burning down, but they're, they're sleeping in peace. See, the peace of God calms our nerves. It puts us at ease. All of the anxieties, all of the cares and concerns, they become not a concern after all because we have the peace of God. We have a peace that surpasses our, our normal uh, mindsets, our normal understanding. Uh, Psalms chapter 23, verse 3, it says, He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Paul, he states this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He knew no sin, but yet and still he became sin. He became righteous, and he took upon our sins for us, for us to become righteous. You know, sometime, I don't know if you have, but I've met people that were self-righteous. But what causes people to be self-righteous? Let me help you out here. Self-righteous, I was reading this article, and it says self-righteous, it can often stem from a sense of insecurity or inferiority. 
When someone constantly tries to make themselves look better by putting others down, that's usually a sign of self-righteousness. People become self-righteous when they lack knowledge or understanding about a specific topic. They want to cover up, make like they know it all, and they don't. They're self-righteous. They're trying to hide things that they really don't know. But now that we're righteous in the sight of Christ, how do we live a righteous life according to the word of God? How do you and I live a righteous life? To live righteously is to conduct our lives in an upright manner and with moral standards that reflect our relationship with the Lord. See, James tells us not to be just hearers, but be what? Doers of the word. See, our character is very important in our relationship with God. Did you know that? It reflects our relationship. We're saved, we're sanctified, we're supposed to be representatives of the king of kings. We should, our lives should mirror the ways that he wants us to live, mirror the ways that the Bible tells you and I to live. This means that when you're faced with telling the truth or telling a lie, that means you do the right thing. That means you do the right thing. Even though if I, might, if I tell this lie, that's going to get me what I want, but I need to tell the truth and see God give me what I want. That's what that means when you're faced with things like that. What are you going to do? I'm just going to tell a little white lie. I've never seen a lie that's white. <laughs> I've never seen it. It's a figure of speech, but I've never seen that. A lie is a lie. The truth is the truth. The Bible and the Word of God tells you and I that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you or set you free. Live as though you're free. Live as though you're free. The Bible also tells us that our righteousness are as filthy rags. As filthy rags, really? Did you know without God washing us and cleansing us through his blood, man, nothing, nothing else matters. What makes a man dirty? I had to look this up. And this is what it said. It says, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what makes a man unclean. But it said eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. Does not make him unclean. 
This is what hinders him. Let me give you four things. One is self-righteous. Self-righteous is an act of pride. Did you know that? That means confidence of their own righteousness and look down on others. That's what pride causes one to do, right? You ever seen those people that are so pride that they can't really see the good in anybody, but they want you to recognize everything that they do? They want you to give them good job. But they don't recognize it's pride that's driving them. Listen to what Luke chapter 18, verse 9 through 12 says. It says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. And look at what he said. He said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. So he's telling about all of his goodness, about all the things that he did. He was telling about all his own righteousness. Why? Because he's, he was prideful, but he didn't realize that. He didn't recognize that. See, God's not pleased by that. He's not happy about that. The Bible says you and I are supposed to humble ourselves. We're supposed to be humble, not prideful. The Bible tells you and I that pride comes before what? Not only does pride come before fall, but it also says great is the fall. Great is the fall. Secondly, the standard is not good, but perfect. The standard is not good, but perfect. And sometimes we can get into a habit of measuring against the wrong standards. Measuring against the wrong standards. Back in the same chapter, Luke chapter 18, if we go back to, our, to the, our, the Pharisees there, he started to measure his righteousness. He started to measure the things that he did but he started to put other people down and lift himself up. Never get into a place where you're measuring standards by another person. Never. It's not worth it. See, if you really think about it, you're using the wrong measuring stick. You're not using the right measuring stick. Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. See, you got to understand that God's standards are not just good, but they're perfect. God's standards are perfect, and guess what? We'll never be able to reach that. The problem with us is none of us will be able to achieve that. Why? Because we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. Now, don't we? We all fall short None of us can ever measure up to that. None of us can ever measure up to be perfect. This is another reason why we need God so much. This is another reason why we need to have our minds renewed. This is another reason why we need to be righteous before him. It's another reason why we need that. Thirdly, did you know one sin tears down the whole house? 
One sin tears down the whole house. Let me tell you what I mean by that. The same Pharisee here in Luke chapter 18, uh, he was always talking about what he's accomplished, what he did, but he didn't realize that one sin that he committed, it outs, it outs all, out all of his good things that he did. The many things that he bragged about, the many things that he boasted about, one sin got rid of all that, wiped it clean. James chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Is guilty of breaking all of it. What well, wasn't that bad? It doesn't matter. You're guilty of everything. When you look back at Adam and Eve, they only committed one act of disobedience. But the effect, it affected mankind. It affected the entire world. All that one sin, it affected every man, woman, boy, and girl. It affected each and every one of us. This is why Christ had to die or needed to die for us, because we needed a Savior. We needed to be forgiven for our sins. See, when they disobeyed, they opened up a can of worms, they should, I should say. They opened up so many different things when they disobeyed. See, tonight, we're made righteous because of Christ. Not anything that you and I could ever do will make us right before him. Nothing that we can do See, once we get saved, we're supposed to be doing the right thing anyway. Tonight, Christ seeks to transform our thinking and our actions. He seeks to transform our thinking and our actions. Would you allow him to change the way you think? And once he changes the way you think, would you put the word of God into action? Start living a life that's pleasing to Christ. Tonight, we need to be transformed. We need to be transformed. As I close tonight, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed tonight, Christ is still in the business of saving and setting the captive free. He still wants to do a work in today's world. He'll cleanse your mind if you allow him to. So we need to allow the word of God to begin to cleanse our mind right now tonight I don't know what you're going through but he does and tonight you might be in this place tonight and you know what you might not know Christ tonight but he knows you you need him more than what you 
think you've been coming for quite some time and you've never made that full commitment. You've never gave everything to him. But tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to give Christ your life tonight. If that's you and you're in this place tonight and you want to give Christ your life tonight, can you lift up your hand and put it right back down? Wherever you are, Christ wants to set you free. He wants to transform your mind. He wants to transform your thinking. He wants to make you righteous before him. Would you allow him to make you righteous tonight? If that's you tonight, would you lift up your hand all over this place tonight? Tonight, as we stand to our feet tonight, and our heads are bowed tonight, 